Shalom. This is Gary Duroshinsky, Congregational Leader of Beth Ariel Messianic Congregation. Thank you for downloading our message. We're delighted to make it available to you through the generous donations of our members and friends at Beth Ariel. We know that many are struggling financially because of the challenges facing our economy, and we do not want financial issues to keep anyone from enjoying our teachings. So please continue to listen in as often as you like. But if our presentations have been beneficial to you, and you are able to provide a financial donation to Beth Ariel, whether large or small, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift in support of our ministry? You can donate online through our website at bethariel.org. That is spelled B-E-T-H-A-R-I-E-L dot org. Also, please remember to pray for us that we would be responsive to the Lord's guidance as we reach out to the lost sheep of the House of Israel in the greater Los Angeles area. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this message. Now, with that, turn to John chapter 10. I've already shared much about Hanukkah as we've looked at the menorah and we've talked about that. But I want to just draw one more uh, association with our Messiah. Because in many churches, as I've gone through and spoken at many churches, and I uh, talk with folks about the Jewishness of uh, of Messiah and of the... Uh, teachings found in the Gospels, and oftentimes uh, many are not aware of the fact that Hanukkah is made reference to in the New Testament. Now, it's interesting because in the Old Testament, Hanukkah is not mentioned at all. Events involving Hanukkah are mentioned prophetically. Daniel makes reference to the period of time and events that unfold with regard to Hanukkah in Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 11. But Daniel doesn't record for us the events of Hanukkah. That's recorded in other historical writings. But interestingly enough, in the New Testament, Hanukkah is clearly mentioned. It's found here in the Gospel of John in chapter 10. So look, it says in verse 22, At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. So what is the Feast of Dedication? Hanukkah. Because the word Hanukkah means... See, I'm... I'm, I should have told you that, you know, we give pop quizzes now and again. It stems from my teaching, you know, experience in the back. Just can't seem to shed it. But you remember I said that we're celebrating Hanukkah and draw our attention to the menorah. And I said Hanukkah means dedication. And so the feast of dedication is the festival of Hanukkah. So this is the period of Hanukkah. Now, Hanukkah, by the way, is celebrated on the 25th of Kislev, which is comparable to the 25th of December in the Gregorian calendar. And it's interesting, this is something I just learned, that the temple was actually desecrated on 171, or I should say, let me see, uh, was desecrated one, now my math, here it goes, 171 on the 25th of Kislev, and then it was rededicated on 164, the 25th of Kislev. Seven years later to the day it was rededicated. So we know approximately the date that this event takes place. Now we don't know, was it the first night of Hanukkah, the second night? It's simply the Feast of Hanukkah. So within a week span, a seven-day span, or eight-day span, we know when this event took place. To highlight the Hanukkah 
connection in this passage. Look what John writes. He says, it's the time of the Feast of Dedication. Look at this. The event that he's going to describe for us takes place at Jerusalem. Now, that's critical, right? Because Hanukkah is about Jerusalem. It's about the rededication of the temple located in Jerusalem. So it's interesting to think about this. The menorahs are going to be lit throughout Jewish families and certainly in the, in the temple. And the center of the action of Hanukkah is Jerusalem because it was the rededication of the temple which is located in Jerusalem. And so John further focuses our attention. It's Hanukkah. We're in Jerusalem. And look, he then says it was winter. Well, the month of Kislev is the winter month in Israel. Occasionally it snows. Usually it's gone within a day or so. But for the most part, uh, the winter season in Israel is the rainy season. And so they get the former and latter rains during the winter and then early spring. So to further focus our attention on Hanukkah, we're told it's the Feast of Dedication. We're told he's in Jerusalem. We're told it's the winter time. And then look at the final thing. And look where Yeshua is in Jerusalem. He's in the temple itself, in the porch or colonnade of Solomon. That was a section of the temple area outside the, uh, the c- temple compound. Remember, the temple compound has the court of the women, court of the men, and the building known as the temple proper. He's in Solomon's colonnade, which is outside the temple compound area proper. It's on the temple mount area. In fact, the area would be somewhere near where the Alaska Mosque is currently located, which is the silver-domed mosque that's on the south side of the temple mount area. So he's in this area that was known to house the priests, house the priestly garments and whatever utensils and materials they needed. It also was a place where teaching occurred. And that's why when Yeshua taught in Jerusalem in the temple, he was always by Solomon's porch because that's where the teaching elements more often than not occurred. And he's all in this area and then we're told while he is on the or in Solomon's porch, on Solomon's porch, the Jewish people in the temple area, they gather around him and they ask him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. I've always found this verse to be quite fascinating because I don't know any other passage where such a statement is made. I mean, there's the statement of the high priest who says, I adjure you at his trial, I adjure you by the living God, are you the Messiah? And Yeshua says, yes, I am. And the next time you see me coming, I'm coming on the clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. There's the instance where Yeshua is with the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. And she says, we know that when the Messiah comes, he will teach us all things. And Yeshua says, I who speak to you am he. But apart from those two moments, I don't know any other passages where Yeshua simply says, I'm the Messiah. And I don't know any other passages, I can't think of any, there may be, where they ask him, are you the Messiah? They're always debating him on the basis of his claims being the Messiah. But this is a very forthright moment where they say, 
how long are you going to keep us in suspense? As if Messiah had been not been making it clear that he's been the Messiah. He's at least been making it clear enough for the Jewish leaders to be arguing with him. But now the Jewish people in general are gathered around. And they say, how long will you keep us in suspense? So the question that came to my mind was, what is it that's going on that would prompt them to ask that question, namely, are you the Messiah, when you don't read of it in other passages? I contend, I don't know this for a fact, but I contend that it's because it's Hanukkah. And Hanukkah is the Feast of Dedication. And there are three major themes associated with Hanukkah that come out in this passage. There's the theme of dedication, which makes sense because Hanukkah is the feast of dedication, the festival of dedication. So he's going to talk about dedication. Hanukkah is also the season of miracles. And so on this occasion, we light the menorah and we remember the eight-day miracle by which God enabled the menorah to stay lit. The rabbis tell us that when these candles are lit, that we are not to, to, to acquire any kind of benefit from the candles. In other words, you're not to gather around it so as to get warm. You're not to try to cook anything from it. You're not to attempt to read anything by it. The menorah is only meant to be gazed upon. And what you're to gaze upon is the somewhat miraculous nature of a flame that seems disconnected from the candle that is floating or flickering on top of the candle. And so as you look at the flame, which sort of looks miraculously floating, we're to remember the miracles that God has provided throughout Israel's history. And so when you gather around the menorah, you're to reflect on the miracles that God has done. Simply, much like I had shared about the miracles God has done through our congregation over the course of the last year. So we might also add to that, and you know, we shouldn't be so surprised of all the things God has done, because he did open the Red Sea for the Jewish people coming out of Egypt. Now that would have been something to see. And he did, you know, cause it to not rain and then rain when Elijah just simply prayed. And he did cause the axe head to float when Elisha had sought for it. And he did call the fire to come down from heaven to to consume the, uh, the sacrifice on the altar when Elijah called it down in Uh, in battle with the Baal prophets. And we can go on and on in all the different kinds of miracles. The miracles of the birth of Isaac. The miracle of the calling of Abraham. The miracle of how God led Joseph throughout his life and brought him to such a high position in, of all places, the court of Egypt. We can think about all kinds of miracles, and that's what we're to be reflecting on when we celebrate Hanukkah. So we have the theme of dedication, the theme of miracles, and the messianic hope. Remember I had said that when Antiochus came in, he sacrificed a pig on the altar in devotion to Zeus. And when the altar was rededicated, they dismantled the altar stone by stone, stored it in a secret place, until the Messiah would come to tell us what to do with the original altar stones. In the meantime, they re-erected the altar, and that's what was used until it was destroyed in 70 AD. 
So now Yeshua is in the temple. And the question that comes to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us. And especially you should tell us today, you should tell us now, because we're celebrating Hanukkah. And we're awaiting the Messiah to tell us what to do with the altar stones. So if you can show us the altar stones, tell us what to do with it, that would show us you are the Messiah. That's what I think is going through their minds. For why else would they be asking, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly? They never ask him otherwise. And why would John be focusing our attention so uh, intensely on the event of Hanukkah and on the season of Hanukkah? Because the Jewish people are thinking of the Messianic hope. They're not just thinking of the Messianic hope, however. They're also thinking of miracles. So look how Messiah responds. He says, so the Jewish people gathered around him and they said, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Messiah, tell us, show us where the altar stones are and what to do with them. But look what Messiah answered. He said, I have told you, but you do not believe the works that I do. What was he talking about? He's talking about his miracles. The miracles that I do in my father's name bear witness about me. But you you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. And that's because I and the father are one. Now look, because he made a claim to being one with the Father, they go to stone him for allegedly being guilty of blasphemy. And look what he says. Um, I have shown you many good works. There it is again. For which one of these good works are you stoning me? What I want you to see is that Yeshua's defense of his claim to being the Messiah is based on his miracles. Now why? Why is he basing them on his miracles? Because this is the season of Hanukkah. And the Jewish people are thinking about miracles. And so he's drawing their attention to the miracles he's performed in their day, in their sight. It's again like I was sharing what we've seen the Lord do in our sight in 2018 within the confines of our congregation. We could look at our own individual lives, but we could also look at our ministry collectively. God has showed up this year. And he's made a difference through our work. God had showed up in the second, first century. And he's telling them, I am the Messiah. Look at the miracles that have been done in your day, in your lifetime, in this moment that I've done for you that authenticate my claims. In other words, the problem is not with the miracles. The problem is with their response to the miracles. Because the third theme of Hanukkah is dedication. It's not only the season of miracles. And it's not only a season in which we anticipate the Messiah. It also means we have a responsibility to these things. If God has done these miracles, if God had delivered our people back in the uh, 175 years before the time of Messiah, we have a responsibility not just to remember them, but to live our life presently in light of them. And so the problem with the Jewish people at the time of Messiah, not all Jewish people, but many of them, was that they were not dedicated to God. 
That's the problem. And because of their lack of dedication, they could not see the miracles as miracles being performed by the Messiah of Israel. The failure was not in the miracles. The failure was in their relationship to God. Remember what Yeshua said, if you believed Moses, if you really trusted in Moses, you would believe me because he spoke about me. Similar thing here. If you really believed in the miracles, if you really trusted in God who performed these miracles, you would believe in me and you would trust in these miracles that they accurately authenticate my claim that I am the Messiah. But the problem is you're not dedicated to me. For if you were dedicated to me, you would be one of my sheep. And if you were one of my sheep, you would follow me. And if you would follow me, then you would see that I am the Messiah. How do you know you're one of the sheep? You follow Messiah. That's interesting because, you know, when Yeshua came to the disciples, he just says one simple phrase to them, follow me. They follow him. What did that show? They're his disciples. What reveals discipleship, what reveals being a genuine sheep is your following of the Lord, your devotion to him, your desire to learn more about him, your devotion to his word, your keeping of his word, your reliance upon the spirit of God, seeing things sort of through the glass, the eyeglasses of Messiah's presence and not merely through our own desires or our own dictates. The point is that Hanukkah is about the Messiah and he has come. Hanukkah is about miracles and he has done them to authenticate his claim and he continues to do them in and in the midst of our lives that we would be drawn to place our trust, faith, and hope in him. And he therefore calls us to then dedicate our lives to him. The rabbi said, by the way, that while on Hanukkah we rededicated the temple, the rededication of the temple does not guarantee us anything if we do not also equally and as deeply dedicate ourselves as his people. The rabbis concluded the reason why the temple was destroyed in 586 and the reason why it was desecrated in 175 is because of our lack of devotion and dedication and commitment to him. And indeed, Yeshua makes this point. The reason the temple was destroyed in 70 AD is because of their lack of devotion and dedication to Messiah, which resulted in their rejection of him. And as a consequence of the rejection... Judgment fell and the temple was destroyed. What will happen at the end of time is God will bring into Israel's existence a series of events which will lead them to dedicate themselves afresh and to devote themselves to him. And that's why Paul will write, and then all Israel shall be saved when the deliverer comes from Zion, and catch this, and turns all ungodliness away from Jacob. There has to be a dedication to God and to following him if we expect to see the miracles and if we expect to experience him in all of his fullness. And so Yeshua says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. It is for us to dedicate ourselves to him, devote ourselves to him and receive the gift and the protection that he's provided for us. Let's pray. And while I'm praying, the musicians can come. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for this season of Hanukkah.
season of miracles, season of messianic expectation, a season of dedication when we are given opportunity to dedicate ourselves afresh unto you. And so, Lord, even in these moments, we can do that right now. For some, it might mean, Lord, I want to dedicate my life to you. And that means, first and foremost, I need to receive you into my life. And so, Father, might you forgive me of my sin. And might you set me on the course and on the path of righteousness. And help me, Father, to receive the gift of eternal life that is provided by what your son has accomplished for us when he gave his life a ransom for many. For some of us, Lord, while we have given our lives to you, there's always a place, there's always need for a rededication of ourselves unto you. For we are sheep, and sheep are prone to going astray. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us to follow you, to obey your word, to learn your word, to treasure your word, and to treasure you. And so, Lord, we as a congregation here at Beth Ariel, as 2017 comes to a close, 2018 looms before us. We would dedicate ourselves afresh as your people, as your congregation here. And we pray that, Lord, we would manifest the fruit of the Spirit and that, Father, what we do would bring glory and honor to your name. We bless you, Lord, on this season of Hanukkah and we're grateful for what you've done for us. May we receive it in full and walk in light of its truth. For we pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our message. We hope that it serves to encourage you in your walk with the Lord and your service to Him. Do remember us in your prayers, and if you are able to provide a financial donation to Beth Ariel, whether large or small, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift in support of our ministry? You can donate online through our website at BethAriel.org. That is spelled B-E-T-H-A-R-I-E-L.org. Thank you again, and may our Heavenly Father richly bless you as you continue to follow Him. Shalom, shalom.